Welcome to the Birthful Podcast. I'm Adriana Lozada, and today we're going to be talking about birth trauma, as in the trauma that can happen during birth. Having a baby is a monumental full body and mind event that can stir up a lot of feelings. What if the birth you think you should have and the one you actually have don't match up? To go deep into all the feelings, I'll be talking to Jody Hall. Stay tuned. This episode of Birthful is brought to you by the first eight days of being a mom, a day-by-day manual on taking care of the new mom as well as her newborn. Get a 10% discount by going to thefirst8days.com slash birthful. That's with the number eight, thefirst8days.com slash birthful. The Birthful Podcast, talking to maternity pros to inform your intuition. Hello, mamas and mamas-to-be. I want to thank you once again for all the love you're giving the show and send a quick reminder to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes so we can get it in front of even more mamas. And if you want to go the extra mile, well, leave a review. I will be forever grateful. All right. Today, I am so honored to have the ever-mindful Jody Hall on the podcast. Jody is a mother, dancer, activist, educator, and researcher, and has a PhD in health and rehabilitation sciences from the University of Western Ontario. She's also assistant adjunct professor at the School of Nursing in Western University. Jody has published research on the impact of trauma on the transition to mothering, the health-related needs of women in conflict with the law, and the ethic of conducting health research within incarcerated settings. Jody also worked as a doula and childbirth educator for 10 years with a focus on the intersections between trauma histories and the experiences of women during the childbearing years. She was employed in both residential and clinical settings as a full-time woman abuse counselor. Her unique combinations of skills from both the birthing community and the violence against women sector has spurred a high demand for her workshops aimed at informing other medicals and allied health and social service professionals around the complex issue of trauma and the childbearing years. She lives with her family in London, Ontario, and runs a private counseling practice entitled Sharing Spaces with her practice partner, Amanda Saunders, specializing in supporting families as they manage and heal from the impacts of birth trauma. She also operates A Safe Passage, the only known website dedicated solely to supporting survivors of abuse through pregnancy, birth, and the transition to parenting. Jody, welcome. Thank you so much for the generous welcome. I am thrilled to be able to take this time with you today to share my own experience of providing care and support to women who've experienced birth trauma. And before we get started, I just want to take a minute to also honor um, the people in the community I really admire who have long before me made the topic of birth trauma uh, a priority in their own programs or research. So very briefly, I'd like to uh, draw attention to Dr. Cheryl Beck, who has a certificate in nurse midwifery, as well as a doctorate of nursing science, uh, and for over 20 years has focused on postpartum mood and anxiety disorders, as well as Penny Simpkin, who is a physiotherapist who has specialized in childbirth education and labor support since 1968 and has done a lot of work to advance our discussions around uh, birth trauma and the impact of prior histories of childhood sexual abuse on women as they negotiate the transition to mothering. 
And lastly, I'd like to uh, nod my head to Dr. Kathleen Kendall-Tackett, who is a health psychologist and International Board Certified Lactation Consultant, who also has been doing uh, childbirth-related psychological trauma research uh, from as far back as the 1990s. So there are many other wonderful uh, people in our birth community who who have made this a priority, but I, I did want to uh, give some acknowledgement to the to the authors and researchers who have most profoundly shaped the work that I do. Yes, and I thank you for doing that because you're starting right off the bat on the top of the show giving mamas other resources that they can look into. So that's always fantastic. Thank you. You're welcome. So from your perspective, I, and I know when we talked about setting up this show, there's always the overlapping of birth trauma as in the trauma that happens in birth, which is where we're going to be focusing this show on. But also it's very hard to separate it from trauma that could happen before that comes into the birth experience as well. That's right. I think that this makes it a challenge not only for um, those of us working in birth work, uh, to understand what it is that we're seeing um, and working with, but also from a research capacity to peel apart these threads that interweave with one another. So for me, uh, th- it is important to talk about how previous histories of trauma that can happen from uh, experiences of childhood sexual abuse, sexual violence, woman abuse can also uh, people can uh, have prior histories of trauma from being uprooted and displaced so immigrant refugee populations Um, so there's many ways in which we can conceptualize this word trauma so previous histories of trauma and how they shape how women experience birth and then there's uh, birth related trauma that uh, more specifically looks at that which occurs throughout this transition from pregnancy through to mothering and the various events that can come up both anticipated and unanticipated in the birth experience that can be traumatic. Um, And then we also can look at um, the differences to some extent between birth related trauma, birth trauma and traumatic events and they sometimes get talked about interchangeably and so maybe that's a place to to look at very briefly some of what we're talking about in that definition of what is birth trauma. Okay so go ahead and and how about we start with the first one birth related trauma. Okay so I'll use the phrase birth trauma that is pulled um, from the organization called Patch which is a collective of birth and mental health uh, experts that are dedicated to the prevention and treatment of traumatic birth. And so that term traumatic childbirth, um, calling on their definition, is if a woman experiences or perceives that she and or her baby were in danger of injury or death uh, due to something that took place during childbirth, her birth may be defined as traumatic. So psychologically, physically, or both. And so how that manifests within women is an experience of extreme sense of helplessness, isolation, lack of care, fear and anxiety. And it's really important to pay attention to the uh, word perception because it really is about a woman's perception that she and her baby were at risk of injury and death, regardless of whether or not that in 
uh, in a more objective reality was in fact the case. And, and I, it's important because oftentimes from bystanders or others outside of the woman, um, there can be a, a lack of clarity around why a woman would uh, articulate her birth experience as traumatic because from the other people's experience of it, there was nothing going on that appeared to be trauma, uh, trauma-inducing. Mm-hmm. And I think, yeah, the perception is very clear because now the the definition you just gave us goes directly to injury or death. That's the perceived fear of of that. Um, And I don't know if I'm going off topic, but what if a mom's not feeling that fear, but just the whole experience itself is becoming too overwhelming and which can lead in her perception to be anxious and feel, you know, not so great about it and and can have a side effect of isolation. Where does that fit into all this? I think that's a really good question. I think it's a matter of whether or not you're looking at uh, meeting a diagnostic criteria for post-traumatic stress disorder that can occur as a consequence of a traumatic birth or understanding how... Um, aspects of birth can be traumatic, but not be considered a traumatic childbirth. Um, So for instance, I remember uh, with my first child having to be induced. So for me, that was traumatic. That was meant a loss of the home birth I had planned and the associated expectations I would have about how my birth would unfold. But the birth experience itself was not one that I would consider a traumatic childbirth. So you can have a traumatic birth, which is Uh, generally what we are seeing, we are seeing um, ranges anywhere between, you know, 25 to 34% of births being considered traumatic childbirths, but one third of those actually meeting the criteria for post-traumatic stress disorder. So we're talking about some of the differences between how research is conducted on birth trauma, what we mean by traumatic childbirth, or understanding how at the very basis what are some of the things that can lead to women experiencing aspects of their birth or their entire birth experience as traumatic and so at at the kernel of it all we're really looking at women who describe aspects of their even pregnancy labor and birth and postpartum experience with profound associated with those experiences, um, loss of control, and uh, some di- some immense dissatisfaction with the, the level of care that they received, the honoring of their, their wishes, their opinions were valued, leading to that, what you're saying is that feeling of isolation. So there are a lot of complex factors that come into play. And from a, from a clinician point of view, it's important for us to recognize that um, we all can experience aspects of life that's very difficult and tra- uh, traumatizing, but that does not, that in some ways is not the same thing as uh, an event that gets, um, gets uh, experienced as traumatic and long lasting and the depth of that uh, can lead to some of the mental health issues that we're concerned about, depression, anxiety, and PTSD. Now, do you think if a mother is feeling that goes through that traumatic childbirth and is feeling dissatisfied um, with her experience for whatever reason, are they at higher risk to then develop PTSD or some postpartum mood disorder? 
<clears throat> I think that depending on a host of factors that come together, a woman might be more likely to um, meet the criteria at some point in postpartum for PTSD. And so there, I mean, it's rather complex to unpack in terms of what your audience might want to take away. But we do know that, um, that there are conditions associated with the woman's um, own internal capacities and resources, the types of support she gets around a traumatic event. And uh, yeah, I guess for some, for some women, it's the, the ability to have their uh, concerns recognized, validated, supported, and treated. So if we're looking at uh, somebody who would meet the criteria for PTSD after the fact, we would look at things like what sets somebody up um, to have that response. It might be somebody who has a prior history of trauma. It might be the, the degree to which they um, felt responsible, that um, it was intentionally caused by harm. Um, some research indicates the younger uh, age in which you experience a trauma, uh, the less capacity you have to, to make sense of it because you haven't the lived experience that helps you understand how to resolve trauma. Um, it may be the feelings that that, that uh, occurrence could happen to you again. So we often see women who seek out our care uh, for a second pregnancy or third pregnancy because uh, they've learned what they want to avoid from the first time. We're seeing, I in our practice, we work with m much less women who meet the criteria for PTSD um, and are more grappling with uh, the experiences of their birth having been traumatic. Mm -hmm. And so maybe it would be helpful to talk about what are some of the things that can cause birth trauma so that um, people can take that forward in terms of thinking about how they have um, planned for their birth or the types of conversations that they're having with their partners, families, and caregivers. Absolutely. And because that number that you mentioned is nothing to sneeze about. It's almost a one-third of births. Absolutely. And there's um, some interesting research that uh, that Dr. Um, Kathleen Kendall Tackett cites that looks at um, the amount of women. So she draws on the Childbirth Connections Listening to Mothers Series 2, and she looks at um, how they take into consideration a national representative sample of almost 1,600 mothers, and they found that 9% met the full criteria for post-traumatic stress disorder following their births and another 18% post-traumatic symptoms. And she compares that to the amount of people who were diagnosed after 9-11, the residents of Lower Manhattan, and 7.5% met the full criteria of PTSD. So we really are talking about a significant amount of women who are beginning their uh, mothering in, in postpartum, which is already a state where people are exhausted, feeling really vulnerable, are already during, um, already adjusting to relationship changes, who are doing that within the context of being traumatized. And so, and then when we look even more broadly, there are other populations who, um, for a host of really complex factors, uh, have even higher rates. So th that same research uh, found that 26% of non-Hispanic black mothers had uh, post-traumatic symptoms. So again, really high amount of women who have um, elevated post-traumatic stress symptoms as they begin uh, mothering. 
So if we go back and look at, okay, so what are some of the risk factors or what can be some of the causes of birth trauma that we've seen in our practice um, and that we've heard uh, through our various conversations with other healthcare providers, we look at barriers to accessing safe and competent care providers, that the lack of options, um, even in provinces or countries where midwifery care is an option, um, it still can be very difficult to access. Either the fees aren't covered or the wait lists. So women are already beginning from a place of not being able to access the primary healthcare provider of their choice. Um, unexpected or unanticipated pregnancy labor and birth outcomes um, is also a, a contributing factor. So events that women uh, didn't anticipate could be part of the process. Um, we also see sort of at a system level, institutional policies um, being prioritized over the needs of women and families um, that make it very difficult for women to uh, attain the type of birth they were imagining uh, when inside of institutions that have power over them. We also see related to women experiencing their birth as traumatic is are the ideas of what it means to become a good mother and, and the social expectations of perfect mothering um, and the reality of what it actually means, that lived reality of adjusting to the role of being a mother as something that just doesn't happen once your baby is born but can unfold over a longer period of time um, during postpartum. And then as we've already touched on, looking at how the dynamics of prior experiences of trauma are reenacted during that birth experience. So people in positions of authority, violating their fundamental rights to safety, dignity, and body integrity. We hear all the time of women saying, somebody just walked into the room, I didn't even know who they were, and the next thing I know, they're conducting you know, a stretch and sweep or doing a check for cervical dilation. They didn't even introduce themselves. Um, and also looking at women who are currently living within uh, a situation where there's interpersonal uh, or systemic violence uh, and oppression, uh, conditions of poverty, uh, racism, uh, trying to settle in if you're a new refugee. So all those other contextual factors that can contribute to uh, women being at greater risk of experiencing birth as traumatic. Lots of things. <laughs> lots, lots of, it really is when you look at it very broadly. Um, it's easy to understand why many women are sharing their uh, birth as a traumatic event. We focus in the birth community certainly on creating relationships where our clients where um, they feel as though uh, their their opinions matter, informed choice is, is part of that conversation, uh, developing birth plans that make for that individual woman and her partner. But a lot of that also needs to be understood as um, taking place within these larger institutions that will restrict the type of choices that women are, are able to make, but also then looking at uh, unanticipated outcomes, it's hard when you're pregnant to to let your mind wander to those what if questions. And so when they arise, they, they're sudden, they're shocking. Oftentimes, those are the emergencies that women had very little control over, that there was nothing that could have been done prenatally to have prevented 
that outcome from happening. It was just part of the circumstance of how that birth happened that day um, or some physiological process that was part of her specific birth that, that could not be anticipated uh, prior. We also have women who experience birth as traumatic who whose birth on the surface was exactly what that that woman or partner had planned for it to be. And that in some ways is is a type of birth that gets very silenced because on the surface it appears as though, hey, that was exactly the birth planned for. And from the outside, everything looked like it unfolded perfectly. Um, however, the the experience of giving birth is not one that that you can anticipate. It's it's theoretical up until the moment you enter into it. So how do you prepare for that in a way that um, can leave a woman feeling safe afterwards. And it's very nuanced, as you said, because so I remember with my birth and that what you were talking about reminded me it was on paper, pretty much like the birth plan was went all as according to plan. Yes, which rarely happens. And, you know, it, it, it opened up my eyes as to this possibility that I had never considered that even when things go like you want them to go, it can still be something that is you know stays with you and is it can be isolating and can be overwhelming and can all those feelings that you didn't consider or even think about because it's that it it's having that checklist right of that so-called quote unquote so-called perfect birth of this is what I should have and it should be all natural and it should be da 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 da, da. and you go through all those things and then realize wait a second this is way more than what was on paper. I, until you feel it, you have no idea. Absolutely. I totally agree with what you're saying. And that's certainly uh, what we're seeing as well, is that there is a shaming and a silencing around uh, traumatic childbirth or birth-related trauma in general because of that, uh, the idea that's prominent that you ought to be grateful that you have a healthy baby in and of itself, that that's somehow equated to a positive birth experience um, or that the birth experience itself is secondary to the health outcomes of the baby. Um, and for some women that that is the case. And, and so I don't want to take away from that framing either. However, um, you know, there's even more silencing in, in our experience for women whose birth experience unfolded, as you said, exactly on paper how they had anticipated. And then how can you say, okay, not only did I do I have a healthy baby as an outcome, but I by everybody else's evaluation, I also had an ideal birth experience. And so that um, the type of support that's needed for for understanding or or to empathize for that woman to feel like she can come forward and say to her healthcare provider or her doula, whoever that is, that I understand that I got exactly what I wanted. However, I'm still left with feeling as though there are parts of it or the entire thing that was traumatic to me, you know, and it comes back to, you know, some of the fundamentals around their perceived level of care, control over the situation where their opinions heard and respected um, did they feel psychologically and physically safe? And the unpredictable nature of the birth experience, even when it is proceeding in an uncomplicated way from um, a clinical point of view, does not mean that at an emotional or psychological level, um, the woman is experiencing that birth as safe. Mm -hmm. And from your experience, what can 
mamas do in general, like first-time moms before they experience it? Is there anything you recommend for them to try to have that, you know, be able to deal better with the process of what's coming, even though it's so greatly unknown? I think what's really important for all of us who are in this arena is to, uh, so a couple of things. I think one, it's really important to embed within childbirth education, a conversation around uh, precipitating factors for birth-related trauma, but also aspects of the birth experience that can lead women feeling um, traumatized and put on there the idea that even if your birth can, unfolds, in the way that you anticipate it, you may be left with lingering feelings or aspects of your birth experience that you are having trouble integrating, and that is okay. And holding that intention with with our belief that fundamentally birth is a normal experience in the lives of women. However, that does not mean that for all women that will the transition to mothering won't have aspects of it that are problematic or concerning. So as birth workers, I think we need to learn how to hold those things together and not be afraid that if we introduce into childbirth education this idea of birth trauma that somehow we will be taking away from the idea that birth is a normal event. I would encourage women um, to talk about this topic with loved ones or for loved ones to be bringing up this topic, um, asking for people to watch for some of the signs that a woman um, has been traumatized, so inviting women to share their, their birth story with them, listening for um, uh, experiences that the, that sounds like the woman is really grappling with. So how she was treated, uh, her sense of control and well-being throughout. Were things being done to her? Does she feel victimized by procedures or policies? Um, by uh, by the things that people were uh, people said to her. So just being willing to listen to that birth narrative. Uh, one of the things that we watch for in postpartum are women who are reluctant to share their birth experience um, because they may be afraid of the emotions that that brings up. That's sort of a red flag for us. Uh, I mean, of course, it's, it's, again, knowing your options and being able to seek support people that you feel safe with. But for many women, that in and of itself might be a luxury uh, that due to resources or geographical location, um, the idea that somebody can access the people they would want to, I think, needs to be be um, rethought for different populations. Um, I guess also knowing that planning and working toward toward the birth that women envision is really important, um, but that there will always remain an unexpected nature of the process of birthing, whether it's your first birth or your tenth birth, that each and every birth experience um, presents unique opportunities, but also you unique opportunities for something going differently that one had planned. Um, I guess what, what I'd also want to remind women and their care providers is that what is considered traumatic about birth must be understood from the perspective of those who have gone through that birth, not by their partners, families, or bystanders, that it really is in the eye of the beholder when it comes to what is traumatic about the birth. However, the woman's experience is most important. Um, and that there are resources available, both online and in person, um, that people can access. Fabulous. And it is, it's so complex. I mean, I feel like the time's running away from us here. Yeah. We just scratched the surface. Um, but I really um, appreciate 
the distinction you've made with the causes of birth trauma on how it's the perceived ideal birth and how that polarization of birth has brought up the mommy wars and all yeah. of this of what is right and what is wrong um, and the effects that can have yeah. in you not being able to just present your experience and speak your truth. And also um, something that's coming up more and more, I think because it's being shared throughout the birth community and people are paying more attention and, and, and exploring it more, the concept of obstetric violence is finally gathered a name and is is becoming a real visible issue that we need to address. Absolutely. And I think that it's going to call us all to account for some of the assumptions that we are making about. And I think that that conversation is long overdue within the various birthing communities, whether or not you subscribe more to a medical model or a midwifery model or a hybrid, uh, whether um, you know, you're practicing primarily in a birth center or a home birth, whatever your location is and whatever belief system you come from, I think we we need to hold each other accountable to how we talk about birth, how we construct birth, giving women permission to truly explore um, these silences that they're having around what they're fearful of. Sometimes we shut down those conversations because we think that that means that that woman really isn't invested in having an unmedicated birth or that she's just not knowledgeable enough or else she wouldn't be afraid. I think that we need to take more responsibility to say you can uh, embrace the idea that birth is a normal, uncomplicated event in the lives of most women. And yet at the same time, there's uh, a very real possibility that for some women birth will be traumatic or there'll be elements of it that are and that there are these precursors um, that women bring with them if women bring with them mental health issues such as anxiety depression um, if they have a lack of family support uh, caregivers that they feel valued and listened by um, that they might be at increased uh, risk of experiencing their birth as traumatic. And we're talking about risk. We're not talking about cause and effect relationships. You know, just for us to, to have an awareness that we're not saying just because these previous conditions exist or just because these uh, situations arise that you will have birth-related trauma. That's not it. It's about raising our awareness and not being afraid to have these conversations prenatally about some of the things that might come up, just like we're learning to get better about talking about postpartum depression or postpartum mood disorders in pregnancy, we also need to include this in. Yes, and to know that it's so incredibly important and that it can affect not just the birth, but the lives of these women and their children and their family for even years. Yes. And that goes beyond that whole healthy mom, healthy baby focus of yeah. just a medical definition of, yeah. you know, the, the baby's heartbeat's fine and baby's breathing yeah. and it's all good. It doesn't matter how we got here. Healthy yeah. ba- healthy mom, healthy baby. Exactly. Um, and that's a dr- it hurts moms so much. It really undermines their realities. And I also think I love that you brought that up because I think that we hear um, healthy babies, healthy moms or healthy moms, healthy babies. And I think that part of that is also to remember, and we've touched upon it, that um, a healthy labor and birth experience in and of itself 
does not mean that that woman will have experienced a problem free birth that that a perfect birth can also be a traumatic birth from the perspective of the woman who's lived it absolutely absolutely um what you were mentioning there's just a couple go ahead go ahead Go ahead, go ahead. I was just going to say that there are a couple of online resources that I would like to um, call attention to that people can get further information. Please. Okay, so first line of of, um, support that we would look at if a woman presented is we would look at any combination of counseling, uh, medication, not from us, but referral if necessary to somebody who can look at the a range of medication that may or may not be appropriate, support groups, um, also, you know, d- forming a support network around that's compassionate, supportive and understanding. But online resources, um, there's a good place to start in terms of um, where you can go for further information, and that is birthtraumacanada.org. And I also want to draw attention to solaceformothers.org. So both of those websites have uh, lots of information on, on what is uh, birth, uh, traumatic birth, birth-related trauma, and as well as Patch, the organization that um, I drew on their definition uh, for the purpose of our, this conversation. And I can send you those links so that um, the participants in your blog will have access to that. Please do. And also, if they want to get in contact with you or know more about you or know about your um, Safe Passage workshops, how can they do that? Sure. So uh, you can contact me directly through info at a safe passage dot info. We're also on Facebook, a safe passage and the counseling practice that is uh, umbrellaed underneath a safe passage is called sharing spaces. And so you can get in contact with me or learn more from uh, any of those uh, online sources. Fantastic. And to close, um, I wanted to leave with, you brought Penny Simpkins up at the beginning of the show. And um, I did happen to take one of her workshops. She was here a couple years ago. Um, and in terms of the trauma that happens before birth and that can come into it. And one of the things that stuck with me from her was she said, whatever the mom says, there is a reason. Yeah. Listen to her because there is a reason for what she's saying. Don't just dismiss it. There is a reason. I think that's really important in terms of recognizing and responding to birth trauma. And I remember Penny Simpkin uh, at the workshop I attended said, uh, you must always remember that she has a very good reason for saying and behaving the way that she is. And it's not about you and get past your own stuff in order to recognize whatever she's trying to communicate verbally or non-verbally about what is happening for her within her own body, within her own mind, that that is a very real experience for her. Absolutely. Is there anything else that you would like to add before we finish up anything that you wanted to bring up only in that I really do uh, want to encourage um, the birth community and anybody who is involved in supporting or providing care uh, for women during pregnancy including partners family and friends to really spend some time in the prenatal period making this a, a topic that is that is 
comfortable and safe to talk about. It's way more concerning for women to have this appear in postpartum and to feel very alone, not understand what's going on and to feel as though um, there's something wrong with them in the way that they are transitioning to mothering. It is a, a collective re responsibility that we understand all of these nuances and together be brave enough to talk about an issue that for many women feels very scary to talk about. Indeed, absolutely, absolutely. Just because, and and the mom's being born, and the baby's being born, and the family's being born. That that is what supports our communities, and and like you say, it is a, a responsibility of all of us. Yes, and I'm so grateful for having taken the time um, to uh, for you to have invited me to take part in this podcast. So thank you. Thank you so much for being a part of it. And uh, this will be up very shortly. So I I thank you for coming on the show. I'm, I'm laughing not because of what I'm saying, but because of my blundering of that it is a recorded show and I'm thinking about thinking of you. But um, anyways, thank you. Thank you so much for being on the show. And I hope to talk to you soon. Thank you. Mamas, I love to hear from you. So share with me your thoughts, and if there's a certain topic you'd like to know more about, let me know. Stay in touch by following Birthful on Facebook or Twitter. Even better, become a part of the Birthful community by subscribing at birthful.com. You'll get access to bonus episodes and other exclusive goodies. I'm Adriana Lozada. Please join me next week when I'll be talking to Amali Lokukamage about why an OB would choose to have a home birth here at the Birthful Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. <laughs>